Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon. As always, a big week, Shay. Rankings week, quarterback news, all the things hitting the Bengal Tiger uh, just in time for Thanksgiving. I'm pretty thankful uh, we are in for a busy weekend as the Tigers host Texas A&M. But let's start off with the biggest piece of news, which is, seems like as always, Bryce Underwood making headlines, uh, the number one player in the class of 2025, getting a few predictions thrown his way for him to head to LSU. Lundy, the golden retriever, for those watching on YouTube, has no interest in the Bryce Young segment. Just went from watching birds outside to just Bryce left Underwood, Shay, Bryce Underwood. <laughs> yes, I don't, Lundy, what are you, golly, the golden retriever doesn't care about a five-star quarterback here. Um, Billy, I know we talk about Bryce every week on the pod, but I would say the noteworthy news of the past week, and we did talk about Carter Smith committing to Michigan already on last week's pod, correct? Yes. Okay. So Michigan has taken a quarterback in the 2025 class, Carter Smith, one of the top quarterbacks in America, and EJ Holland, who works at our Michigan site, uh, EJ and Billy go way, 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 way back in the SMU days. For those of you that follow recruiting, you probably know EJ from his work down here in Texas and then up at Michigan on on three. And he's dialed in. He's always out seeing recruits. He was the guy who said early on, hey, one of the first guys to talk to Underwood because he was up there in Michigan. That was when he said, I can always remember that first conversation. Bryce told me he had an eye on the SEC. Ultimately, that's you see LSU here as the team trending a month ahead of his decision, month plus ahead of his decision. But the notable news was that EJ did put an on three RPM pick in, not for Michigan, but for LSU. And Billy, that's notable for us because EJ is up there. He has a pulse on everything going on in Ann Arbor, and he made it very clear um, to the, at the on there three Michigan site. And then he gave us some quotes for an article on the uh, the Bengal Tiger that he feels they're riding with Carter Smith. They think Bryce Underwood's going somewhere else, and. Notable in the sense, Billy, we entered this season and really even the past till the past few weeks saying this was a Michigan LSU battle. Now we've got the Michigan side almost waving a white flag. Yeah, it's not official, but it's kind of official Uh, when whenever you kind of get that type of, you know, stance from from a team insider, especially one as plugged in as EJ is, that's telling. And unless. He's being given the runaround and a complete like, look over here, watch this, Carter Smith, Carter Smith kind of deal. That is big, big news uh, for LSU, especially with where they stand relative to Michigan. But we have been saying that pretty much since the summer, that if he was to make a decision today, whenever we talked about Bryce Underwood, we would feel confident it'd be LSU. And so this is just another point in that direction. We haven't made rpm picks uh yet we do want to see if he follows through with his word that he isn't going to visit anywhere else uh before he does make a decision if that's the case i mean again unless there is kind of a secret team that really already has him locked up quite frankly this appears like it's going to be lsu he released a top seven billy five of the top seven have quarterbacks committed now Anybody you would say would take Bryce Underwood as well. Well, Michigan's one of those five teams. They took Carter Smith. Yeah, they would take Underwood, but the interest from Underwood doesn't seem to be there anymore. 
I don't think that changes with like an Oregon who took a Kelly Smith Jr. or Colorado who also took a legacy quarterback. And that's a school he did visit this year, Colorado. I think it's clear at this point, there's only two teams on his top seven that don't have a quarterback committed. Both of them are SEC teams. It's Bama and LSU. Bama's never really been considered a player for Bryce Underwood. And I know most would say, well, Bama could get in it at any point. They've been pretty heavily involved on George McIntyre from the start. They're in that Juju Lewis race for next year. LSU is as well. But like, does he reclassify? That always got talked about. And then obviously they just got Julian saying Underwood never, I mean, he made one visit to Bama, but it never became anything more than that. So when you talk about mystery teams, the one team that was on his list, top seven, that he has not visited is Florida State. Does he pop up in Tallahassee at some point? And I don't even mean for a game, Billy, but the dead period doesn't arrive until a few weeks, couple weeks into December. He, he's done with his playoff season. He plays for a state title on Sunday. Does he go visit anywhere else? He told Zach Libby at On3, our On3 Michigan site, he has no plans to visit. But in that same breath, EJ said, hey, look, Belleville is playing for a state title Sunday. There's still buzz that Underwood pops up and makes the hour drive over for Ohio State, Michigan, which is the marquee game of this weekend. He still has not visited Michigan at all for a game this year. I know we're kind of downplaying Michigan right now as a threat. EJ even put in an on three RPM pick for Michigan not to get him, but that's stuff we're monitoring. Once the dead period gets here, if he has not visited any other schools, then I firmly believe uh, what I do now, and that's that LSU is trending as the team to beat. Yeah, I'm interested to see how all this plays out because reporters are, you know, basically going out to see Zach Libby and EJ, you know, are both going out to see him as much as they can, especially Zach um, with this, you know, end of the season kind of coming. I think Zach's seen him now twice in the last three, four weeks uh, in person because the wagons are kind of being circled on, uh, you know, kind of communication. Obviously they're in a playoff run, um, but we haven't really seen anyone else kind of get, to Bryce or Bryce's family in terms of, hey, let's just jump on the phone and, and set set up where things stand. So a clear focus on the playoff run, looking for a third straight state championship uh, just as a junior, which is unbelievable still. He's uh, absolutely rolling and, and performing. And one thing we'll note too, just from an evaluation standpoint, Charles Power, our national director of scouting and rankings, noted that this isn't a maxed out type of prospect like when dylan rayola was the number one prospect it was kind of like all right he's he's done maturing physically he's done you know he's kind of a finished product and, and he's down there in georgia now playing for i think his fourth or fifth high school bryce underwood has some kind of interesting mechanics he is very much a guy that can continue to develop so um whoever gets him and right now it does look like it would be LSU is getting a true number one overall prospect who can still develop into something even greater. I mean, look, Jaden Daniels finished as the number one dual threat quarterback in the country in the 2019 class. Look how much he's grown from Arizona State those years through LSU, even year one to year two at LSU. Um, so, yes, Bryce fits that mold he's a guy who can run it uh, as well as throw it but boy does he have an arm this is funny for us i've said it on so many podcasts it almost like 
glean over and so easily say, oh, we think LSU's trending without reminding you of the fact that this would be one of the biggest commitments LSU's program's ever gotten from an out-of-state prospect. To go to Michigan and get someone who many consider to be in the Caleb Williams, Trevor Lawrence realm of elite, elite Bryce Young, guys who were so clear cut the number one overall quarterback and player in the country. Um, I'm just naming some off the top of my head who out of high school, well, those guys go on to become NFL first number one picks and starters right away. So that's the type of prospect we're talking about here in Bryce Underwood. It is kudos to Joe Sloan, kudos to this staff. I mean, Brian Kelly's son, Patrick Kelly has played a big role here. I mean, Mike Denbrock, every, this is an, you don't recruit a Bryce Underwood without all hands on deck, obviously. But then this season LSU's had, there is no way that I'm not putting what was called a 50-50 race, a lot of the percentage or a lot of the stock on LSU going up into the reality that Jaden Daniels is about to maybe win a Heisman Trophy and that LSU has the best offense in college football. Like, If they weren't doing that this year, does Bryce Underwood still come to LSU or is LSU considered the team to beat right now? Maybe, could be. But I feel a lot better about saying that when I see every single week the stats update and Jaden's the best quarterback in the country and LSU's got the best offense in the country. That's something, even Brian Kelly said it, what Joe Burrow did and what Jaden Daniels is doing has unlocked us to now be able to recruit quarterbacks at a more elite level than anybody, than LSU's been able to do at any point in program history. And it's true. Yeah. And, and I mean, couple the fact that LSU was trending with him leaving the summer, we felt pretty confident, you know, that again, if the choice was made today, it would probably be LSU. Now, we didn't know he wasn't going to make a visit to Michigan. You know, obviously still has one more weekend and still has a, you know, December to maybe pop in there. But this is a guy that LSU just hasn't been able, you know, the type of player, the prospect that LSU just hasn't been able to land. So, um, well, it's tough. It, Only one team does per cycle. And totally. even at quarterback, they're into Bryce Underwood in every cycle. So this happens every three to four to five years that a guy like this comes through. So yeah, to put yourself in that conversation is, it's so rare. Yes. Very, very rare. Um, So if they get him, hey, looks like we'll be spending some time in Michigan, Shay. Um, And that would be good news for LSU fans, but even better news, they're they're in it for two really good quarterbacks. Yeah, well, flip flip the, uh, for the YouTube uh, viewers, flip the screen here, Billy. Um, I talk about how easily we talk about Bryce Underwood. LSU also, honed, they honed in on two quarterbacks before, and I think this is a kudos to the staff's evaluations, to Joe Sloan's evaluations of quarterbacks, but they honed in on George McIntyre and Bryce Underwood well over a year ago, and at that time, rankings weren't even completely fleshed out. Many guys were just on watch list. You know, you're going into your junior season, coming off your sophomore year. There's only so many quarterbacks out there that had already played as sophomores, so it's an ongoing eval process at quarterback. Well, Sloan goes after McIntyre and Underwood and doesn't really offer anyone else. And these two end up being the number one and two quarterbacks in America. And now as of when we're recording this, Billy, uh, the on three industry rankings have updated. And uh, now both of them are five stars. There's only 15, five stars, one five right now in the on three industry rankings for next year. Underwood and McIntyre now both five stars uh, and McIntyre will be at LSU this weekend for the Texas A&M game. 
Billy, he's a guy who's been Tennessee, Bama, LSU, kind of looked around at other schools, but that's been the trio. I go right back to what I was just saying. LSU's offense this year and what Daniels has done and the talent they're bringing in, that's got a guy like George McIntyre's full attention. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and I mean, being he's very different than you know. He is a good athlete. He's a, a kind of a not highly touted, but he's got some basketball interest uh, from some programs uh, being able to play there um, at Brentwood Academy. But he is kind of more of a pocket passer. I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of see he, he likes to sit back there. He can move around and extend plays and do things like that. But just a, a kind of a very different prospect to look at. I mean, he gets the Miles Brennan comparison just with how skinny he is right now, but he's also playing basketball and playing football, you know, kind of double double time in it and things like that. But um, Joe Sloan has done a really nice job recruiting both these guys. I mean, it, it takes a village to recruit these guys, analysts, uh, other coaches, all of those things. But um, what it boils down to is, is they put the press on, made them priorities and not let up from any of that. So, um, they're in a good spot for both of them. I'm I, I still kind of, and I said this back in the summer, I still kind of lean that George McIntyre ends up at Alabama, but him making a, another visit to LSU to see this game and see, you know, Jaden Daniels ovation that he'll get before this game, what you can maybe see yourself accomplishing shouldn't kind of be lost out here in, in kind of evaluating it. Like it's a special It'll be, it should be one of those special nights in Tiger Stadium. Oh, for sure. And I think what's intriguing about McIntyre right now is twofold. One, it's the three teams left, and he's given all of them plenty of visits, uh, so nobody's lacking in that department. But he's coming off a visit to Tennessee, which is the in-state team in this trio, and going straight to a final regular season visit with LSU. Does he pop up in Atlanta and go watch you know, Georgia Bama? I have no idea. But. His final regular season game visit will be LSU, and that's his second game visit this year. And he was at LSU for the Alabama game a year ago when they went to overtime and won. So he's gotten the feel for Tiger Stadium. He is dad, the family, know Joe Sloan and this staff well. Um, also, just build-wise, he's six. He's probably pushing 6'6", six, six, if he's not already, yeah. as a 16-year-old. So that's t- he'll put on weight eventually. That's no worry to me. He can absolutely sling it. Uh, the second part of what I said we're kind of watching here outside of those visits in this final three is George's maintained that he wanted to make a decision at some point in the spring, really, which meant after Underwood. Does he decide before that? And if he does, what does that mean for LSU and Underwood? Because you're, we never thought, I never thought, I lived through all the less years. I covered it. I did. I was boots on the ground with everybody who's listening here, probably going through the less miles years. And even before that, uh, in different stretches that we'd be saying, oh, man, the number one and two quarterbacks in America both want in. Billy, what do you do? Like, well, got got some decisions to make here. Like, that's how good things are going right now for offense and recruiting and recruiting, especially on that side of the ball at positions like quarterback, running back, receiver. I mean, we've already talked about it, receiver. And we'll get into this more and more as we go, Billy, but they have DeCorian Moore, a five-star committed already. They have Teron Francis, the number one player in Louisiana, committed already. They usually take about four receivers. They're already kind of backing off guys who other teams were, would kill for right now. But it's 
hey, look, if we've got a backfield that's got Harlan Berry, the number one running back in America, and James Simon, a top 10 running back, we've got either a number one or two quarterback in America uh, prospect there throwing the football, and we've already got two of the best receivers in America committed. It's slint. You pick from who you want now. It's no more of like, I hope we get this guy. It's no, we decide. We're after the guys that we like. And that's the position I think we're starting to see LSU get in. It's going to be a fun two months because if McIntyre does do something, that means he comes off the board. We know Underwood's coming off the board. And we know Harlan Berry's coming off the board December 18th, the number one running back in America, who's now a five-star on the on-three industry rankings uh, here in Louisiana, obviously, as uh, the top prospect for next year. So between now and January 6th, boy, oh boy, could this – Recruiting class look um, pretty impressive uh, if things fall as they hope they do. Yeah, I was going to say, we've got to have fun by LSU getting one of these two quarterbacks or else, you know, especially. Well, that's the goal now, right? If you feel like, oh, man, you're almost at like, hey, who do we if we ever had to decide thing? I'm not to that. I want to just get one of them. If we've talked about them for this long and you get one of them. Awesome. Perfect. Great. So. Again, it's it's very impressive that we are sitting here talking about, huh, I wonder who they come away with, the number one or two quarterback in America. Yeah. Uh, hey, kudos to Joe Sloan for getting them here and now push it across the finish line. And, again, it'll be kind of like a, you know, if under or if uh, McIntyre gets on board and, and, you know, before Christmas or something, great. Merry Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate. If it's yeah, Underwood, and- after the new year, happy freaking new year. <laughs> I think with Underwood, it's easy for everyone to sit here right now and be like, yep, I think LSU is a leader. With McIntyre, I don't think anybody's confidently saying, like, I know Alabama leads on the on three RPM, but we're talking about right now him making a second LSU visit. Like, does he say have more LSU interest than at this stage in his recruitment and then people and the public realize? And where does Tennessee really stand? Like, maybe they're the team to beat to keep him home. And he feels like he could go into there and be the guy or whatever it is. So I think it's a lot tougher for me to peg where McIntyre is leaning than Underwood. No doubt. Well, you know who would be happy with either one of those quarterbacks? Our friend Zach Payne uh, at Green State Wealth Management. Uh, him and his team continue to take care of their clients and their financial planning needs, whether it's retirement, 401k, uh, any sort of account that you need serviced on the financial front, Zach and his team can help you out. And yes, he's up there in Iowa. He's an Iowa City Tiger fan on the Bengal Tiger as a subscriber, but he's been in Louisiana. He's been in the media. He understands how important recruiting is, and that's why he wants to give back to LSU and the NIL efforts, which is why he sponsored our podcast this fall. So check out Zach Payne. You can email him at Zach Payne, Z-A-C-H-P-A-Y-N-E at greenstatewm.org or give him a shout, 319-358-5632. Shay, uh, it's getting to be kind of like Zach Payne's time uh, with NIL and Transfer Portal heating up. He's he's ready for a big finish to the year. I uh, Yeah, I talked to him again this week. You saw me drinking from uh, my ice-cold Coke from my Green State uh, Wealth Management Yeti Tumbler here, uh, delicious uh, tasting, keeps it cold all day. Uh, but yes, um, what Zach was echoing to me this week was the reality that, hey, look, if you need a financial advisor, if you need help, in, no matter how big or small it is, 
Um, he can work with you. He can lay it all out for free to just tell you kind of what they do. And then once you get involved, he said, hey, look, people pay for financial advisors. OK, I want to take my, that money. They get a service out of it. I'm just going to give it right back to LSU's collective because I want to be someone who's investing in the LSU collective, as you said. That's why he became a sponsor of the podcast, because he wanted more LSU fans to know that, hey, look, I'm out here. Financial advisors are everywhere. If you're ready to choose one, give him a call. And he wants to turn around and then say, hey, look, the more business I get, the more I'm giving back to LSU and the collective. And that's what you want to see out of businesses who are, um, you know, have LSU alums that are supporting the Tigers. No doubt. So reach out to Zach Payne and his team at Green State Wealth Management. Appreciate his support of the podcast. Jay, uh, it's Thanksgiving. Lot to, lots to be thankful for. And LSU might be feeling real thankful if they can get some of the guys they're targeting to bring in this weekend uh, for a visit. And uh, once again, centering a lot around some of these LSU A&M recruiting battles down the stretch. Um, a trio that we're watching right now, or really, I guess, a quartet uh, we're watching. Uh, we're watching Gabriel Relliford, the four-star defensive lineman from the state of Louisiana. Same with Dominic McKinley, both committed to the Aggies. Terry Bussey, five-star athlete uh, from Timpson, who I will see on Friday early afternoon when his, when his team uh, plays their playoff game at one out there in East Texas. And then Draylon Miller as well, watching all of those guys this weekend to see if he's they're... not committed to A&M though. He's not committed. That's why he was last. Okay. Well, we'll talk about him in a second. Uh, how do we unpack this? There is an expectation that they could get all these guys to campus this weekend. We'll see how that unfolds. Obviously you really want them all there because you are recruiting them during a stretch where you're playing at A&M. They do not have a head coach named. I think the one thing we talked about prior uh, that kind of that sums it up for me with these three guys, Billy, is that for two of them, the two Louisiana kids, they're D linemen and they committed to Elijah Robinson and he's the interim head coach. So it's not like he's already been having to tell them, hey, look, I'm not going to have a job here anymore type thing. Like he's one of the most valuable pieces AM has on the coaching staff. And now as interim head coach, he can sell to those guys like I'm still going to be here or whatever it might be. So. That is a hurdle you have to overcome. With Bussy, I just go back to what we've always said from the start. From Bussy himself was always an AM lean. He gave LSU and Bama a shot. He took official visits and he still decided to commit to AM. Now, yes, he did visit LSU after that AM uh, commitment was made, but still, there hasn't been enough traction for me to say, oh, they're going to definitely flip him. I've never really gotten on board with that. Could they? Sure. But I'd like to see them, given an official visit's already happened, Billy, you got to get him back to campus, right? So that would mean getting him in this weekend, that would be a positive for me. Until then, like if I'm trying to tell LSU fans like a realistic approach, I'm focusing on the in-state guys. And if you feel like Relaford's shown more interest than McKinley, then I would put him number one on most likely of those three guys who LSU could flip. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Um, I, I think this is a... Uh going to be a really interesting weekend to see it unfold because you do have somebody like Gabe Relliford who could come in, Dominic McKinley who could come in, Terry Bussey could come in. If you're, if you're asking me who's kind of most most likely to come in, well, one, we can kind of scratch McKinley off the list. He's, he's kind of like Underwood in a sense. They play on Saturday night. 
the schedule just got released right before we recorded this pod. So uh, that is one thing. Uh, and shout out um, to actually Darius McKinley for telling me that uh, just now uh, as I was checking in with them. So um, they will not be here, uh, but uh, Bussy plays at 1 p.m. on Friday. If they win and move on, he could theoretically get in Friday night. Then you've got Gabe Relliford, who uh, they lost. They lost, so they are not playing. And he could very well come in uh, if they choose to. And then Draylon Miller, I was talking with his dad a little bit. Uh, they are undecided. It'll probably depend on, I guess, the outcome of their game against Bellevue, two uh, undefeated teams, 12 and 0, going at it uh, this weekend in the Texas playoffs. So, um, again, that 11 a.m. just kind of like hurts them a little bit. You know, it's if you're leaving from Timpson, if you're leaving, you know, Silsby, I guess, what, three hours? Um, you're still just getting up so early just maybe to make it in time for 10 a.m. to have an hour with the staff before kickoff, if that. Right. Yeah, you would. Um, Relaford's the guy that I'm looking at this weekend as because we've talked to enough people. Um, and in fact, we can text Gabe here. Uh, we usually don't try to bother him too much when they're in those playoff stretches. But now that they've lost and he's turned his focus to recruiting, we'll hit him up to make sure. But he, it seems everybody has said he's coming in this weekend. Gabe had even said that um, a few weeks back when we caught up with him that what his plans were to visit AM and then visit LSU at the end of the season for that game. So that's the one I'm watching out of the group. Out of the current Texas A&M commits this weekend, I'll also add, Billy, as a reminder at least, and I love Gabe Relaford, and I like Dominic McKinley too. Look, I know people are kind of sour on him. He never showed LSU much interest, it seemed. They need defensive tackles. They need defensive linemen. I love Relaford, but Weston Davis, they flipped maybe, I mean, arguably the biggest piece already. I mean, he's a five-star offensive tackle with a lot of promise from Beaumont. He was a border guy that if you were going to go into Texas and get anyone, you don't, when you have to drive 10 miles into the border to hit Beaumont, whatever it is, that's your best guy, even in the Houston area and your best option, I would say maybe. And they were on him early. We even thought maybe they'd get him. He committed to AM. They ultimately flip him. He's an on three five star. He's a top 20 prospect. So when we talk about AM flips, I feel like the biggest one's already in. And I would push Relaford up there with him. Yep. I think if you're kind of looking at it on, hey, pick an offensive guy, pick a defensive guy. That's, yeah, I'm right there with you. Gabe Relaford, huge, huge, huge need for LSU. Just got to. Find a way. The The big thing right now is uncertainty around. I mean, honestly, you can un, until the regular season ends, there's uncertainty around the entire defensive staff, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I, I think. I mean, it, like just well, until until Brian Kelly comes out after the season and says, here's what we're doing. Other staffs are going to use that against you. Yep. And I mean, happens, sorry to happens say every that, year to every staff. I mean, yeah, sorry to say that. It's just the reality when they've had the type of year that they've had. So it'll be interesting to see who sticks around, who stays, what's the future look like or whatever. The quicker they can get that figured out, the better, because you are going to have to get a defensive line coach, I would think, to to probably have that, like that next level shot of getting him. Um, they could probably find a way. It's not closed completely, but I would think that's a big piece to the puzzle um, of, of flipping him. So the sooner that 
gets worked out, the better for LSU. And, and we know this. They are working tirelessly on Relaford, Bussey, McKinley. So they're efforting for all these guys. It's just a matter of which of these guys shows the interest to be enough to flip. And that's why it's so key to have guys like Frank Wilson, uh, Sherm Wilson, um, J.R. Belton, Will Redman, all sorts of guys across the staff working on this. And you yeah, have secondary non-coaches who can still help you out. Yeah, exactly. So you can just try to tee it up and then the you know player comes in and meets with you know a new position coach potentially and either fits or it doesn't. And we'll see. But um, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the biggest flip has happened. Gabe Relaford would be right up there if they could get him. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting battle to see. Uh, if they can land him, especially if AM search drags out even more, too. Um, you mentioned Draylon Miller's dad said they're deciding if they're coming or not. The short and skinny of this is LSU has three receivers committed. They're going to take one more. It's probably going to be a portal player unless someone like a Draylon Miller committed. But now we've been in this, the ball's in Draylon's court for like a month now, and we haven't seen anything happen. And I think to, not just to us, to LSU, it speaks to, okay, if you're not ready to commit, then you may, maybe you just don't want to be here. And then we need to go ahead and move on because the portal's about to open and we'll go get a receiver who can come in and play here. So the Draylon Miller clock for me is almost ticking. And it, in a way, Billy, correct me if I'm wrong here. In a way, I feel like it's a little Terry Bussey feel of like, I felt like Draylon wanted to be at AM. He committed to AM. Yeah. He decommitted before Jimbo got fired. He decommitted when it was like Aggies are trending in the wrong direction. LSU's got two receivers who lead the nation in touchdowns and receptions, and their offense is number one in the country. And they were one of my runners up. So now I'm going to immediately visit. I've decommitted. I do have some sincere interest. Here we are. But I also want to look around at other teams. I almost feel like the firing of Jimbo Fisher hurts other teams' chances with those guys. Because you could have pitched, look, Jimbo's got this team going in the wrong direction. Do you really want to sign there, Bussy? Do you really want to sign there, Miller? Now it's the opposite of that. It's a new A&M staff coming in and saying, hey, we're about to turn things around here, and we need you to be a part of it. And if those guys want to play at A&M as Texas guys, natives, then that doesn't surprise me like at all. So Miller could or couldn't end up in this class. I think Jimbo getting fired – actually hurts LSU with Bussey and Miller. Yeah, and I mean, Cortez Hankton and Draylon Miller's dad went to Texas Southern together too. I, I just feel like it would have been a little bit more kind of plug and play if, like we said, when he decommitted and I put my RPM pick in on LSU. Well, I you had to flip it. It was on A&M. I had to flip it. That was, if, the, if he was going to flip and end up going through with it, I said in the story, I said, if this happens soon, we feel good about it being LSU. If it doesn't, then it's just going to get wide open and don't count out the Aggies, which, you know, honestly, as we're recording this, probably should just flip it back to AM. But um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I think it's one of those things where we should have seen some movement by now. Um, you know, just like LSU fans last year when Ed Ogeron was done and they were watching to see what happened and what Scott Woodward would have ready to go. I mean, I was watching the news last night and Ross, Ross Bjork is on there, you know, 
just doing an interview with the Dallas TV station, a sit down interview saying, well, we'd like it to be Thanksgiving weekend, but if not, we're going to have clarity by December 3rd. And, and that's, that's what they're pushing. That's what the coaching staff that's still in college station trying. And to that was about when LSU's hire was yeah. made you exactly. know, two years ago. Yep. It's usually it was, right uh, after regular seasons end. Yep. It was uh, right after, I guess, Lincoln Riley lost to, uh, to uh, Oklahoma State, right, or beat yep. Oklahoma State, and whatever. it's and it, they're not getting Kirby, or yeah. you know, they're not hiring Harbaugh, and so it's not going to be anybody in the playoffs, I don't think. So that would be the only way a head coach waits, right? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to go drag out till January before they announce somebody. Could you imagine if A and M went and got Harbaugh and LSU fans who have been for years saying that A and M doesn't use receivers well? then brings in the anti-offensive coach Jimbo or uh, Jim Harbaugh. That would be not not happening. Anyway, just like, Hey, Um, we'll take them off. We'll take them off your hands. Um, But yes, I I think we look, let's see who makes it in this weekend. Let's see the outcome of this game. And then we'll, that will set things up for the, the stretch run up to signing day, which from there, Billy's only like mm, a little less than three weeks. Yeah. We're going to have a blast recruiting pods and portal pods, but one thing you guys should get to hold you over while listening to those pods, check out Rogue Shop, the Bengal Tiger's home for legal CBD, THC, and more. You can use promo code BENGALTIGER to get 10% off your order. The holidays are coming up. Perfect time to get that order in. Check in with Richard and Shar on the site. Live chat with them. Get the lowdown on what you need, whether it's a gummy, tincture, uh, pain cream. I'm trying to uh, get ahead of uh, the pounds that are going to be packed on at Thanksgiving. I've been a little, you know, gym heavy the last few days, got a little streak going. Yeah. I need the pain cream getting old. So uh, the rogue shop is the spot uh, that helps us out on that front. And the holidays are coming. It wouldn't shock me if we saw them get into a little extra promo for Bengal tiger subscribers too. Uh, yes, we will get with Shar and them see if we can cook up anything. But uh, right now, yes, Pingle Tiger is a promo code. Uh, we'll go ahead and get you uh, an immediate deal. We'll see what they're. I, I bet they've got some Black Friday, you know, some Cyber Monday stuff rolling up, and then obviously Christmas. But yes, I've already made an order. Um, just because I'll be traveling for Thanksgiving, traveling again for Christmas. Don't want to forget about it. So I've stocked up on uh, the gummies, which are my sleep aid every night and they work perfect for me. Um, and I've gotten my good balance of, uh, exactly when I take it, when I fall asleep, how I'll feel when I get up, uh, and they'll walk you right through all that kind of stuff. So we've been rocking with rogue shot Billy for uh, a while now. And, uh, a lot of people have supported them and have, uh, I don't think we've gotten one complaint ever. And, and if you did have a complaint, they would refund you, hook you up and, you know, walk you through whatever else you might want. So, uh, give them a shout. They really are the best. Yep. Check them out. Roadshop.com. Shay, it was also rankings week. We'll get to that in a second. There are two defensive linemen from the junior college rank. So coming in town, Sean Washington and Jaden Hamlin, two big defensive tackles that LSU would love to get on board. One, a very familiar name for LSU folks. He's been on the radar a long, long time dating back to his time as a prospect in New Orleans, Sean Washington. Uh, he is at uh, EMCC. 
He's one of the biggest guys out there on the market right now, and that on three RPM sits with LSU. He was in town to see LSU-Bama. I do know he made that visit, but this one is is a guy that LSU would love to get on board, I feel like. Yeah, I um, I talked with his camp today, and I'll have a piece on the Bengal Tiger on Wednesday about their JUCO targets, but Sean Washington, one of the biggest ones. Um, if you, I believe my on three RPM pick is one of those that's already in for LSU. You see LSU trending very heavily there. A couple of notes. He's not been able to make a ton of visits because EMCC has been in the JUCO playoffs and now they're about to play for a JUCO or into the tournament for a JUCO national championship. Um, so that will be something to keep an eye on. They play this Friday. So he was telling me that the hope is play Friday, film study, all that out of the way. And then, or maybe they practice Friday, excuse me, film study, everything done. And then Saturday he'd have off. He could come in and see this game. And I think that would be big uh, as we inch towards him announcing a decision. He is planning to announce it right now once his JUCO season ends, but it is still rolling. So he's put his focus there. But remember, this is a kid who twice at Warren Easton, I guess they went to the state title, Billy. They didn't win it. Uh, played at Georgia for a year, has a national championship ring, and is now at East Mississippi. It's one of the best uh, JUCOs out there. And yeah, I think he's really got an understanding of, okay, here's what it takes at the highest level, whether it's in high school, whether it's playing for Georgia, whether it's playing for one of the top JUCOs in America, he understands the buy-in necessary and it's a major need. This is a 6'4", 300 pounder that can play D tackle that isn't 17, 18 years old. I mean, he's coming in here after already spending a year at Georgia in that strength program, after spending a year at EMCC. So if he commits to LSU, I think that would be a really nice addition to this cycle. No question about it. And then the other one we're keeping a close eye on as well is Jaden Hamlin, who's kind of like a little under the radar, but quietly has some big opportunities in front of him as well. Uh, he's over there at Southwest Mississippi uh, Community College and Mississippi State does hold the on three RPM here. I think this one's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, he told me that he will be making an official visit to LSU this weekend. He's also going to be making an official visit to UCF the weekend after that. And then right after that, he leaves that official visit the first weekend of December and he heads to Mississippi State. He's from Mississippi. This one is now that he's set official visits, I'm now intrigued to see if LSU can, can reel him in. Yeah, this would be the other big time defensive lineman, defensive tackle that they're looking at another six, three range, um, you know, 300 pound guy on the, if you're looking on YouTube right now, if you're watching the show, uh, the Juco rankings for the on three industry, have him as the number one D lineman in Juco. We've got him as a top five D lineman on, on three, but he's got some big time offers. You see George on there, LSU, Mississippi state, Bill, you've talked to him a number of times. He's got very sincere interest in LSU. There is a path for them with the need for defensive tackles, to get both these guys. Now, would both get on board? I don't know. Um, Hamlin is a guy who's originally from Alabama, I believe. Uh, but um, I'm watching them both because I think that while Mississippi State has made a big splash, uh, LSU could creep in here and pull this one off as well. I feel very good about Sean Washington. With Hamlin visiting this weekend, it, it makes it more intriguing for me. Now, like, I believe him to be a very realistic option. Yeah, and it's worth noting, Jaden Hamlin came through for a visit 
I want to say either end of October or for the Florida game, one of the two, um, he was in town for it and, and fresh off picking up the offer. He came right away. Um, and so that is a good sign that he is coming back for another visit. And again, kind of one of those where I would probably, probably handicap this as LSU state battle, not to discount UCF like that now that they are at least a power five team, but you're kind of sandwiching a program that you visited multiple times with UCF in the middle and then state, which is in state for your Juco in a way that's probably the battle they're, they're up against, but who knows? I've been wrong before plenty of times. And, um, but Jaden Hamlin is a guy they really like. And again, you kind of want them to get him some clarity as far as what's next on the defensive line and, and things like that. Cause in my opinion, and this is totally my opinion, if, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy Lindsay, but it wouldn't shock me if he's still around as an analyst, at least, you know, if he can't, come back full time. I, that and, would, Yeah, that's the role Kelly extent. said he's currently in. He said he's helping out yep. as an analyst right now that he's being able to be back around the team. Yep. So he'll be able to help out and, you know, kind of pitch him on what LSU can do for him and things like that. So uh, this would be a big, big, either one of them. Uh, you, you need to help. You need big bodies that can hold up. And the more guys like this that don't grow on trees that you can find and bring in, that helps. I loved this segment because so many people are they have a fascination. Their brain is split between high school and the portal. And don't forget about JUCO. There are JUCO guys out there. And uniquely, both these guys represent that split of what JUCO is in the portal era. You still have guys like Hamlin who weren't highly recruited coming out of high school. They go JUCO. They stay two years. They blow up. And now they've actually played and started for two straight years, played some good competition when you go places like Mississippi or Kansas for Juco football and they're not someone who like if a Jaden Hamlin hit the portal right now and he had signed with, you know, Florida out of high school and he sat the bench for two years, he wouldn't be that desirable of a prospect. Instead, mm -hmm. it's a kid who got overlooked in high school, even though when you go back and look at it, he had crazy numbers in Alabama and went out and proved it for two years in JUCO. He's now got experience, plenty of film, and it makes him that much more valuable. Then you've got guys like Sean Washington, who I think this is going to happen. This is going to keep JUCO alive in a way. We've seen Billy in the portal. So many kids enter that there's more kids entering than spots available. And even more so when if I'm Sean Washington, I'm at Georgia. We're coming off a natty. I hit the portal. I'm looking for some playing time or just a new home, but I don't want to drop down to a non-power, you know, group power five level. I don't want to sign with a group of five school when I know I'm P5 talent, I'm SEC talent. And maybe in that year or whatever, they just don't have room for you. Like, and you, you're not directly transferring over at that time. Go to JUCO for one year, which is what Sean Washington's doing. Put another year of tape out there, then see who your suitors are. Well, looking up now, LSU, State, SEC schools are right back on him, just like out of high school. So there will be kids who bank on, you know, who say, look, all right, I'm in the portal. Here's my options. I can do better than this. I'll go JUCO for a year, prove it, bounce back out, transfer immediately to a bounce, you know, to a four-year institution that's back at the level I was being recruited at high school or maybe even higher. So I like both I like the idea of not forgetting that JUCO's out there because they've got players. 
Yeah, no question about it. And um, I, I kind of have a soft spot for Juco players. Like, I feel like they are just forgotten. And LSU's actually you know, been able to sign a couple that have really made differences. You know, Damian Lewis, you go back to him. Um, there are a couple others that I'm probably forgetting off the top of my head. But they're older guys. They're usually hungry if you can. Yeah, Logan to... Stokes was a solid tight end for him coming out of Juco in Mississippi. Yeah, they, so... They've had some Juco guys. Demetrius Bird, throw it back to. To the Birdman, wide receiver, was a dominant Juco player for him. So, yeah, they're out there. Yep. Um, let's finish up with this. We showed you guys the the rankings on Sean and, and Jaden, but uh, their also rankings were updated this week on the class of 2024. And LSU's class now has the number one player in Louisiana for on three, and that is trade as green. Well-deserved yep. uh, bump up to the number one spot. Uh, if you've been watching on Twitter, I'm going to call it Twitter, but if you've been watching on Twitter, he has been beyond fun to watch. And I tried this the other day um, on another pod, but uh, I'll try to pull up the clip. But uh, Shay, he's just been fun to watch, dominant, athletic, all the things that, I mean, shoot, two-ish years ago that people were projecting and hoping he'd be, he's turning into now. Yeah, he's the number one tight end uh, in the country on the on-three industry rankings. And now for on-three, number one player in Louisiana, as you said, well-deserved. He's had a great senior year at Zachary. And he's six six and a half, two thirty 230 with basketball offers. LSU basketball offered him. Like, he's a jump-out-the-gym player playing receiver that big in high school is unfair. And he is was an 800-and-something yard receiver. A year ago, transfers into Zachary. I'd have to know his exact stats this year, but not surprised if he hits a thousand. Well, by the time the playoffs are over, uh, is his video work? Oh, it does work. There you go, Billy. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube right now, uh, it's unbelievable. So if you're not watching, he's basically in double coverage, and the quarterback, without even being able to see over the line, probably just says, Throw it up. Tradez is down there. And he goes up and makes a spectacular leap, grab, touchdown. Uh, it. Comes over the loudspeaker. They're cheering for him. He's pumping up the fans. Uh, boy, between Camori and Pimpton a year ago and Tradez Green now, this is a nice back-to-back of six, six-plus guys who are tight ends that catch the football. Yeah, I, it's it's a lot of fun to, to think about uh, what those two guys will be in this offense. Um, when they develop and, and get in there and get in a weight room and work with Mike Denbrock and, and Terry Malone and, and those guys. I mean, this is a tight end room that, I mean, Georgia's done a great job, but if you're thinking of top tight end rooms right now, I mean, it's, you know, Brock Bowers is going to be gone after this year. It's probably got to be LSU from a pure talent perspective. I don't really know who else can kind of compete with what else she's bringing No, in. and we're not even talking Mason. Mason Taylor is coming back. He's going to yep. be a junior. He's your starter. Mac Markway has proven to be a great blocker. He's still got um, Jackson McGohan on roster as a true freshman who's, you know, redshirt. Oh, Myth played more games than that. But regardless, yes, this is – and now J.D. LaFleur out of Sulphur committed for next year. Like, they are on a run at tight end. And remember, before BK took over – they didn't even have a tight end on roster. Cole Taylor left and went to West yeah. Virginia. It was like we're, we signed Mason Taylor, and that's all we have. Yeah, 
it's been a night and day turnover. Um, and the linebacker room is getting a little bit of a makeover as well. Uh, two guys in the on 300 now in this class. I've got it sorted if you're watching on YouTube by the on three rankings. Tylen Singleton up to 232 overall, top 15 linebacker. And then Xavier Atkins bumping into the on 300 at number 279 overall. Um, it's also worth noting Devon Keys knocking on the door, potentially in a final update, maybe uh, finding a way to get into that four-star club. They've done a really nice job recruiting linebackers. I loved Tylen Singleton when I saw him. I loved Xavier Atkins when I saw him. Uh, things are going well at the linebacker room for LSU. Yeah, I really like Devon Keys too. Uh, and so, look, Singleton, a lot of his best stuff come is, is, is on offense, if you're watching him too. I mean, he can play. He's a really good football player. I think they've got a lot of intriguing linebacker prospects. Like Xavier Atkins doesn't have the measurables of some first-round NFL linebacker pick, but put on the film, and he is an absolute animal on Friday nights. And you said it when you watched him play, and now his season's films back that up. Well-deserved for him to jump into the top 300. If you're watching on uh, the podcast on YouTube right now, you're seeing a lot of uh, play from, well, what was Tylen Singleton there uh, before that. Um, and I assume this is Atkins here, Billy, huh? Yep. Yep. So, oh, look at that. You're getting a feel for uh, kind of the athleticism LSU's getting here. Guys who can run, um, all three of them really. Uh, and then toss in Collage Cobbins out of Destrahan, who – is ranked as a linebacker. He's probably an edge. He's a you know a third down pass rusher at the college level. But I uh, I feel very good about them coming away with a couple of guys at least in this group of signees. What will be signees current commitments that are going to play some impactful football in Baton Rouge. Yeah, and I think it's a good mix of guys who have polish like Devon Keys uh, in particular. Uh, love um, just what he brings to the table on that front, um, and then. Um, you have Xavier Atkins, who is a uh, just a, I, I think, a ball of clay still. And then Tylen Singleton, who once he gets into a college weight room, he'll, I think, be pretty good as well. So various levels of skill set right now and uh, tons of talent, though, uh, just overall uh, in that group for uh, LSU's defensive future. Yeah, I'll make a, a note here, Billy. Um, nine now on on three. Nine of uh, the top twelve prospects uh, on the industry rankings are uh, committed to LSU in Louisiana. Solid number. Um, obviously, Wardell Mack, who flipped his commitment from Florida to Texas, is not one of them. Uh, and then the two D linemen we've been talking about already on the podcast, Dominic McKinley and Gabriel Relaford, are the two others. Uh, everyone else in the top twelve currently committed to LSU. As for LSU's 25 commits as a whole, no matter where they're from, uh, in this on three ranking uh, at positions, uh, 15 of them moved up, four stayed exactly the same, and six went down. And even with the downs, it wasn't that much of a slide for many guys. Um, and in the down category were two top 150 prospects and CJ Jackson and Ethan Calloway, who if you pulled up the industry rankings, Billy, we are still infinitely higher on than anybody else out there, whether it's at Rivals 24-7 ESPN. So um, a solid update from the on three side for LSU in a year where we knew it was kind of a down year in Louisiana. They had to piece it together outside the state. They needed to get to 25 or more commitments. They've done all those they, things. They've checked boxes. Let's see how they close. If they close well, it's a top 10 class. It filled some needs for you see what they do in the portal, and then we can kind of grade this 
recruiting cycle as a whole. Yep, exactly. It's always going to be a line to walk between what you bring in in high school and how you complement it with uh, these guys from the transfer portal. So uh, it's going to be a fun, busy month uh, once the regular season ends uh, for LSU football fans who are going to be monitoring a whole bunch of stuff, which is why you need to check out the Bengal Tiger uh, for uh, all the latest news that you guys could possibly want, whether it's football, basketball, um, recruiting, all of those things. Uh, you've got to check us out um, and give us a shot to show you why um, so many people have joined us. And we do have a new promo for you guys as well right now. So uh, for YouTube, uh, there's a code now. Uh, they hooked it up. They said, got to get these um, you know, folks on uh, your YouTube channel to subscribe. And the special offer is just a dollar for two months. Use code LSU1 to jump on board with the Bengal Tiger. So again, to get two months for just a dollar, use code LSU1 when you're checking out um, when you pick up that Bengal Tiger subscription. So Perfect time to jump on board. And we are getting our hat store up and running here in the future. Yeah, I've got confirmation. I'll drop tons of comments, and we're sorry, but they're getting it back online. There are hats. You can get hats. We will let you guys know when you can get uh, yeah, hat check ship. Check you. the site on Wednesday, and I'll have a post with a link, a fresh link of where you can get your free hat if you're a member. But uh Billy, do the math here. Uh, one, a dollar, you can, everybody out there can afford to hand over a buck. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you like LSU sports enough to spend a dollar, uh, to get two months onto the Bengal tiger. Uh, we love it. The community's growing. It's a great family, but do the math. It's November 21st, 2nd, something like that. Yep. This carries you two months, carries you through any coaching changes as an early signing period, the entire transfer portal. All of the players staying and going, bowl season, and almost up to February signing period. So for a dollar, you get almost all of that scoop and that stretch of steel. Maybe we need an LSU one promo code. Maybe we should take that away. That's a little too much to give away, but <laughs> we love it. Yeah. Check it out, guys. Uh, appreciate all you guys listening uh, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. We'll be back next week. Lots to unpack after LSU's. Uh, game against AM. and We'll see who pops up on campus. Shay, enjoy the weekend. Everybody, yep. happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, yes. Happy Thanksgiving yep. to all. We, we are thankful for you guys out there, whether you're watching, reading, however you follow us. Appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll catch you next week.